Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. And just to start it off, I'm your host, CEO Hayes. You can go ahead and follow the podcast at Awakened Soul or at The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. We have recently started getting our discussion group more active as well. So search The Awakened Soul on Facebook as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. If you happen to want to follow my crazy ass <laughs> on this week's episode, we do have a first time guest, which I'm very excited to bring. Um, and this episode is titled The Power of Manifestation. Um, and you'll get that in the discussion topic and see why they're very good discussion. If you you need to clear your hearts and minds for this episode and get ready to really try to look at things a little bit differently than what you tend to do and uh you know, I, I know my listeners and I love you guys and I just really hope you guys come into this episode, like I said, with open minds and ready to learn because we are going to manifest some things in 2020. All positivity, we're going to get that negative thought processes out and really learn how like to appreciate the power of the human mind and what that is and what we can create when we really focus in on creating and manifesting magic. And so, you know, other than that, we got... um. Our usual uh, segments, we do have the end of mind of hay segment, a very brief one. I got some stuff I need to get off my chest. Um, <laughs> um, so we got that. Uh, yeah, just overall a very dope show. I'm really excited to bring this one to you guys. For all the new listeners who have found us through Mile High Radio, I want to thank you guys for joining us, it's taking a trip with us along this journey. And thank you to uh, the opportunity that Mile High Radio has presented me with uh, my podcast streaming there and the growth that that's helped uh, curate as well. It's just been, it's, it's 2020 has really started off as a great year. We're going to continue that going. Um, hopefully with all, we're going to manifest that. There you go. Stay on brand. We're going to go ahead and get into our intro music. On the other side of that, we're going to jump into my crazy, dark and twisted mind. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media Podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we are hopping into the in the mind of hay segment. And I know, I know I've been trying to take it back and take a step back from politics, right? Because 
I know just how crazy it's been and just how inundated we're going to be with it uh, the rest of this year. But it's a couple things in the in the political world that I want to talk about. So the first thing is this interaction between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and the fact of like this is the, like this is the type of thing of people and why they say like the Democratic Party really has no hope is because they're so busy fighting each other. And so Elizabeth Warren walks up to Bernie after a debate and and confronts him. And to Bernie's credit, he's like, well, we should talk about this later. We should talk about this later. And the, the aspect that I really want to focus on here is how the news plays into this, right? Is because if you notice at first when this interaction happens, Bernie's mic is turned down. You can't hear what he's saying. Um, and then after the initial altercation, his mic's turned up and suddenly you can hear him perfectly fine. And I get it. You, They have a job to do in the news and they do should report on what happened, but they are really playing into this. And then another thing that I want to talk about is Mike Bloomberg uh, starting off like this, this whole run that he's doing by now apologizing to African-Americans and admitting his white privilege, trying to endear himself to the African-American community. And if you notice, I've been saying it for a while now, a couple of weeks, uh, anytime politics come up, the black, the African-American vote is going to be very important. It's very important all the time, but it's going to be very important in this election. And you're going to be seeing more stuff like this into which they can try to endear themselves to the African-American community. As these uh, candidates whittle down, as we get closer to the final set of candidates and the actual um, race itself, you're going to see more than that. I really just want everybody to say on top of what's happening, what's out here. Um, because it's, it's disheartening. It sucks. It's ugly. But one of the things that we need to recognize, and I hope that this is, this is what happened in the last election, right? The minor, the majority voted as the majority. They realized the power, they realized how they can rally around someone who, you know, either believes our ideals or not that that's Trump's base. And that base voted as a unit, that base moved as a unit. And he was able to strike up that base and really weaponized them in a way to where they they felt like it was safe for them to come out with some of this bullshit that's been coming out over the last couple of years. And because of that, he, he was able to win that election. And so because because they still expect that base to kind of vote for Trump, they're trying their best to endear themselves. These other candidates are trying their best to endear themselves to these other communities. So we're going to be seeing it with the black community. We're going to be seeing it with the Latin community. You're going to be seeing how these candidates really focus on minorities going into the political race and so that the the minorities can come together and in their hope vote kind of as a unit and unify around a candidate I, fucking bloomberg of all people um but i just want everyone to stay on top of and, and stay aware of what's going on i know politics sucks but as you get ready to put your vote there and i know there's like a whole bunch of people that figure that just are planning to sit in this election out and they're thinking Oh, well, if my, my vote isn't going to matter, I'm not going to vote. And I can somewhat understand that. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, the last thing that I do want to talk about that's on my mind. And as we're going into MLK Day, this actually will drop MLK Day. If you guys are listening to this, the day it drops. A professor at Drexel University who got a grant. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name. I think it's an African last name. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to do anything uh, to just completely murder his name, but he got a research grant for $185,000 and it was found to be spent on iTunes purchases, um, expensive meals and strip clubs. Just think about that for a second. 
Um, and it's something that I wanted to point out and talk about because after the whole scandal with the scholarships and everything, people are really starting to pay more attention. And oh, yeah, what well, we had the uh, I forgot the other the young brother who was taking grant money as well. Um, but it's it's I think we're going to see more and more of this. To be quite honest, people are paying more attention to it, and they have a a, a, a professor who got money for a grant. This, it's been unclear what the research grant was actually for, like what um, they they did give him that money for. But to completely spurge that off, and of course the headlines are going to be strip clubs because you know it's somebody black, so they have to put it into the headline that type of thing. But something I want to talk about because I I, I just are you guys fearful at all like as my kids get older and get ready for higher education are you guys fearful of the higher education system at all and like just the corruption there because i am and it's something that i wouldn't have thought about a year or so ago but it's just it's blowing my mind to be quite honest just how much conspiracies have come out of the uh the higher education system in the last couple of years but um yeah we'll continue to talk about but specifically with politics and and to get back into that um it's i don't know man it's really, really sad, unfortunately, but we're going to watch these candidates. We're going to talk about it. We'll probably get more and more into politics as we get closer to the actual election um, and as we keep watching more debates. So be on the lookout for that. That's it for the In the Mind of Hayes segment. Um, definitely go and see Bad Boys. I saw Bad Boys. I was not excited for that movie at all, but it lived up to my expectations more so um, than, than what I was expecting. So. Uh, check out bad boys as well but that's it for the end of mind of hate segment i just wanted to get my thoughts off about a couple of things you know this is my therapy session so i had to get my mind get get that stuff off my mind we're going to take a brief break you're going to hear from another breaks media podcast after that we're going to get into the cookie chronicles and then we'll get into the main discussion topic for this week i'll see you guys there what's up everybody this is dan aka dan on drugs and i am afro becky aka afro becky and we are the Black Law and Legalize podcast. podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature, and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposite. Well, 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 welcome to Cookie Chronicles. Looking for the queen. Your host, the first lady. You got the right one. I can't even pass on Hey, Saints and Names. This is the First Lady with Cookie Chronicles here on the Awakened Soul Podcast. Welcome back. So this week, I want to discuss, you know, something that I've been thinking about over the past couple of months and that I think I'm ready to do. Now, if you've been following me for a while, um, you know, I've been single since maybe June of 2017. And I have not really dated, like I've not been in the mind frame to want to be bothered, basically. <laughs> like once you leave a relationship that took a lot out of you and you put so much into you know sometimes you have to step back and regroup and that's exactly what I've been doing now have I been like you know hanging and chilling with a few people here and there like literally here and there sure but dating is something serious 
I was not in the frame of mind to do. Again, I did not want to be bothered. But this is January of 2020. And over the past couple of months, I've been thinking more and more about wanting to be married. Now, I know we have a lot of, you know, millennial married couples out there. And I just had a few questions to you guys as far as like, how old were you when you decided that you were ready? And then what were the things that you did to prepare or to make sure that you were ready for a spouse? Um, I know in the first episode, we talked about things you can do to make sure that you are a good mate. And I think some of those things will also fall true for this. Um, But, you know, again, how old were you? What were some of the things that you looked for in a spouse? Um, What made you feel like or think that you were ready? And then for the married couples that we have, like, now that you are married, what are some of your biggest challenges? Um, You know, last year, I think it was season nine of of Married at First Sight. A lot of my friends and even my sisters and my mom was like, you know, you should really go and audition for the D.C. um, season. And, you know, I just watched the D.C. season. I binge watched it over this weekend. And it was really, really good. Like, I'm happy with the couples that they chose. Um, And it seems like a very good process to go through and, like, give you experience. And because I want to be married and I haven't really like put myself out there lately in order to kind of see what was out there, I think next season that they are in DC, if like I'm not already in a situation, I'll definitely be more open to auditioning. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a great experience. And I kind of feel like, you know, people, people think that being married at first sight is insane. It's kind of like, you know people from overseas and other countries having arranged marriages but I feel like you know for a lot of us single people or people that are even divorced like you know you try to do things your way when it comes to dating and it doesn't work so I feel like at this point some people just think you know well what do I have to lose like why not be married at first sight why not audition for a show like this you know they have all these experts and do all these background checks and evaluations And they really, really do a good job because I've been addicted since season one years ago. And they really, really do a good job at matching people with their wants and their needs um, as far as compatibility. Um, Now, not every couple lasts. And then you have some people saying, well, that show is just, you know, it's just for shits and giggles. It's not real. It is very much so real. (laughs) They still have 16, um, now 18 couples that are still married. Um, Some of them have had children. Um, Some of them decided to get divorced on the last finale of the episode and are still friends. So it's very much a real show. And I just feel like, you know, at this point, what do I have to lose? Like, why not let the professionals hook me up, so to speak, (laughs) with someone that is worthy and capable and looking for the same thing that, that I'm looking for? So I'm definitely open to it. And, you know, a lot of my friends are in the same space, like they're ready to be married and settle down. It's just so hard to find like-minded individuals. And then when you do, you know, there's so many other things that come into play. Like you have to be physically attracted to them and you have to like mesh with them and they have to meet 
um, all of your criteria characteristic-wise, like, you know, meeting the family and having kids. Like, there's just so many things that play a part. And so, yes, I would definitely love to be a part of Married at First Sight. And I think it would be very interesting. You know, a lot of these couples, especially from season nine, there was uh, Deanna and Greg. And I'm not sure if you guys watch it, but Deanna and Greg was a nice little black young couple. Um, And I think Greg was 33, Deanna was 31. Um, And this one was based in Charlotte. This was the Charlotte season for season. um, Yeah, I think it was the Charlotte season. And they worked out everything, like all of their disagreements so very well like the communication was great they utilized all of the tools that Dr. Pepper and all of the other experts gave them um and they are really really doing good like they were one of the couples that I was rooting for um the other black couple on there they did not last um Iris and Keith were their names and Iris was a virgin and so that was something that Keith struggled with. Um, and Keith got a lot of slack for deciding to be divorced because he felt like she lacked um, intimacy, maturity. Um, when it came to relationships, she had never been in a real relationship and she just jumped into a marriage. And so when they would talk about certain things, like because she wasn't ready to have sex, so they had to do all these games and exercises that made them try to grow their intimacy and she would just like cringe at the thought of some of these questions or didn't understand some of the questions and so he was really struggling with you know her acting that way at the age that she was being as though she was a virgin so I I really suggest that you guys check it out it is not as crazy as you think and like I said you know we try to do this whole dating thing on our own and sometimes it doesn't really get us anywhere like uh, hopefully we've learned our lessons from people that we've dated in the past and we continue to move forward and use those lessons for you know present or future people but even if you don't want to do like a married at first sight type of thing to just watch the show and see the tools that they give these couples to use to make their marriage work is a beautiful thing like I am not emotional at all but I cried on a lot of these episodes (laughs) don't judge me um so yes take a look at it Tell me what you think. Um, if there anyone, if there's anyone else out there that is single and ready to be married, let me know. Like when you came to your epiphany. Um, again, you can follow me at the first lady D A F I R S T underscore L A D I on Instagram and here the first lady on Facebook. And let me know your thoughts and what you think. If you have any suggestions about future show topics, let me know. Um, I do have something very special in the works that I am going to have. It'll probably be next month, but um, I think you guys are going to love it. But again, follow me on all your social media platforms. And until then, I will see you guys next week. Bye. If it ain't a party, then it's gonna be Never had a problem that I couldn't 
soft It must be official if I get involved Caught up in a fire burning daily Harder to remember, getting harder to remember I've been through enough to drive me crazy I don't think my mama's gonna save me Maybe I'm not flying, but I'm floating If we're not headed to the top, where we going? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a first-time guest, but not the last time, <laughs> in the building today, and that is Miss Lady Ray. What is going on? What's going on? How are you today? I am beautiful and blessed. How are you? I can't complain other than the little tech issues we had to start this recording. Other than that, I've been good, though. So, you know, you got to have a curveball. It makes the day interesting, right? You got to. Keep it exciting. There you go. So we are here to talk about manifestation. But before we get into that, we have to get into you in that mind of yours. See how everything ticks there. Uh, <laughs> so this <Dangerous>. collaboration, <laughs> this collaboration happened because somebody decided to reach out and, and and make it happen. And you weaponized your followers, which I'm not mad at at all. <laughs> They love me, so why not, right? I see, I see. They don't play about Miss Ray. They they don't play at all. Not at all. <laughs> so the question that we're going to start off with is who is Lady Ray? <laughs> oh, it depends on who you ask. Oh, okay. I'm a woman of many talents. I am a poet. Okay. I am a host, um, an event planner. I am a mom. I'm a healer. I am a daughter of Oshun. I am love and light. And most importantly, I'm a goddess. There you go. I heard that. Um, <laughs> so you wear, you wear many hats. What is it like, first of all, to be a healer? And what? how does that, how do you decompress from helping others heal, but I'm also taking time out for yourself as well? I disappear from the world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There are moments I'm around so many people on a regular basis, but there are so many moments where I just have to decompress and just say goodbye to the world and go find me some water and just meditate and I'm gone. So I make time for me and just go incognito and shut the world out. (laughs) Okay. You got to have time for you. That's something that I'm, I'm learning the more, the more value in as I get older. Um, but I, I want to focus a little bit more too on, on on still the healing aspect because what what is that like? I'm not I'm I'm a I'm a bare empath at the at the very minimum. I think I fight my empathic abilities, but what so like healing? How, what what all goes into that? How how does that? How do you deal with that when people come to you for healing? Because I'm sure you you are like the go to person. I am, but the funny thing is, people come to me needing healing, not knowing they're needing healing. Okay. So, um, I am a huge empath, like huge. Um, I I can feel your backache from here. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) um, it's, it was a calling. It was something that I definitely had to be ready to take on. Um, it was something that I did run from for years. I had some very spooky things happen to me and I was like, uh, uh, I don't want no parts of that, (laughs) but when when spirit calls it calls and you have no choice but to answer okay all right now you know i was gonna have to ask you about it right so you're a poet as well submission (laughs) yeah submission 
Let's, where are you going with that? Let, let's talk about it. Like that 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 that's a poem that like I can only imagine like how emotional you must have gotten while you do you get emotional when you write your poetry or is it after it's done you get emotional when you're reading it back? Um, I don't really get emotional until it's complete. Okay. So submission was something that writing process was completely different from anything I've ever written because um I'm very alpha female. Mm. I don't write about love in that aspect. Okay. But that was a completely different process. <laughs> that was maybe it was inspired a little bit. Okay. So it hit a little different. Okay. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. We'll leave it at that. I won't, I won't dig too deep on that one on the first go around. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so the thing that I would like, because everyone may not know, and it was something that after meeting you, I had to do my research on, but because I know you can explain it more eloquently than I can, what does it mean to be a daughter of a shoe? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I can't go into too much detail, Okay, but pretty much a daughter of a um, is a follower of the West African practice of Yoruba. Mm-hmm. And that is the, I guess, I guess it's a religion, but I don't you don't look at it. That it's way. something that I do religiously, okay. but not religion. I try to steer clear of that. But um, Oshun is one of seven Orishas and she is the one who calls to my soul, to my spirit. And she shows herself in my life okay. daily. So I show respect and homage to her in everything that I do from I keep her statues near me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm always rocking yellow, hence the shirt. OK, uh, my sunflowers. I've got sunflowers all over my room right now, all over my altar. Um, yeah, I just I make sure I represent her because she plays such a huge role in my life. OK, it's powerful. I like that. I like that. So I have a surprise question for you on here. It's to break the ice. If we haven't already, are you, are you ready for it? I don't like surprises, but you know, Why not? you know what? I, I don't know. I like to be prepared, but you know what? I stay ready, so I don't have to get ready. <laughs> I like that about so you. On. Okay, you ready? I think so. Okay, icebreaker question: Would you mm-hmm. rather? Because and this is you'll you'll get it where I'm going with this because submission is like you at your most naked emotionally. So mm-hmm. would you rather perform submission naked in front of an audience or be dominated in front of an audience? Mm. <laughs> Probably performing naked. Okay. Why that one? Because when I when I perform, when I go and do these performances, I'm on the stage, I already feel like I'm naked. Okay. So submission is such a raw piece for me that I think it would really hit more for me to perform it naked. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair now enough. I'm ready to see where you're going with this. I mean, it was just, it's just a question to get in your mind to see what will freak you out more. Because like, I think because you're, you're, you're an open person, but you're, you're also guarded with part of you because you should be like, I, it's just like me. There's part of me as much as I do this podcast and, People call me public figure. I'm not because I'm a recluse. But as much as like as me as I put out here on these podcasts, there's still part of me that I say for me and my family and my close ones. So like to have to put that out in front of people would freak me the fuck out. I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it is very, it's very raw and uh, very, very personal. It was a hard one for me, especially performing it. It's like, oh, if only y'all knew what's really going on here. <laughs> 
Do you um, do you still get nervous to perform? Like you you do it so often now. Does it, is it still something that you like freak out about before it happens? Not so much freaking out about stage fight or anything. It's more are they going to feel what I'm saying? Okay. Because it is so emotional. It's like I have to make sure I do the right pieces and deliver it just the right way so it's felt the right way. So it's more my anxiety behind it. Okay. And you um something that I do want to talk about is that you um you wear many hats. You already mentioned all of them. And First Amendment Mondays, that's like your baby, right? How proud of you? That is my. How proud of you are you to see it grow into what it's become? I am. I still get. That's probably the one thing that I really get emotional about when I go places and people are like, oh my gosh, we heard about fam or we can't wait to get there or just the reach that it's gotten and the amount of support. Mm-hmm. And where it's going, there's no words for how proud I am of it. It started as something I just, I came up with one day sitting in my bed. I'm like, yo, that would be cool. And to <laughs> see what it come, it's like, yo, I really did that. <laughs> so I'm fair proud. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, cool. Oh, uh, well, that's it. I'm, I'm done digging into you. I'm sure they'll come out more as we get into these topics. You ready to get into these principles of manifestation? all right i am ready (laughs) so just to like kind of describe where we're going here so manifestation has definitely become a buzzword uh lately um and though it's like i wrote this little thing though it's it's it is it's trendy um but it also can be misleading if people try to use it for the wrong thing or don't go into it for the in the right mindset right do you agree with that i agree completely because the power of the mind the power that we have even as humans is so strong that if you go you can manifest manifest some dark shit coming into your life if you're not prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even unknowingly, you can bring in the wrong thing. So you really have to know what you're doing and you have to be careful in your wording Mm -hmm. and your energy. So yeah, Yeah. completely. All right. So principle one, let's get into it. And as we talk about it, feel free to go as far into it as you want to. So the first principle is clear space. Before you begin the manifestation process, you must take the necessary time to release all of your disbelief in your power to be happy. What do you think about that? one? That is so true. Uh, What's really funny is I was actually going to set up somewhere else. But I say, you know what? I need to be right here at my altar, at my clear space. And I meditated beforehand. Whatever you go into, you have to find that that Zen. So you make sure your intentions are right. You have to set the intention. Yeah. The, inten- the intention is the is the is the part that you have to like. It's like the the foundation, right? Because if you don't have the, if you don't have clear intentions and you haven't cleared that space of any of any negativity or anything, then you're building on a bad foundation, and that's when you're going to manifest. What you manifest isn't going to be as sturdy because you've built it on a whack-ass foundation. Right. All right. With some demons in the closet, you know? You got to get that out of there. Get that shit out. Exactly. And then part of this, like, when I was writing this, I was like, how much should I put in, like, shadow work? But I'm like, that would, like, shadow work is a whole separate thing, but it's still uh, it's still necessary. And people don't do the necessary shadow work and then wonder why, even if they are trying to manifest good things or they're trying to do good in their life, it's like you haven't done the necessary work in, in your shadow self and the shit that people don't see. So, like, you can't try to be forward-facing with positivity if you're nothing but negative in your space. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Principle two, 
Get clear, aka clarity. Clarity is king when it comes to manifesting your desires. You must have a cl- you must have clear intentions for what you want to call in. Otherwise, you can manifest a lot of what you don't want. What do you think about that one? I agree. That goes more to verbiage and having the right intentions. Um, it, it can be as simple as wanting to have financial freedom. So you have to focus on wanting to be financially free instead of wording it to be debt free because when you word it to be debt free focusing on that debt so you're going to keep accumulating debt so you really have to it it takes a a good amount of precision and accuracy and a good clear mind that's a good word so how what what did you do to get your clarity like for me i would say like it came to a point like with this podcast and the platform what i wanted to create the clarity came for me because I was doing like a sports podcast and I was just tired of what I was doing. And I was like, I've learned all this skill on how to produce and do all this. And it's like, what am I really getting out of it? Or what if I'm really putting into it? Like as much as I love sports and I always will, I'm my, I'm here for more than to talk about sports. And because of that, yeah. like, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I have clarity on what I want to do now. Right. Um, for me, it was a journey. Um, it literally started with me changing my diet. Okay. Once I went pescatarian, I stopped putting, um, I stopped eating red meat Mm -hmm. and I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped, I started to watch what I was feeding my temple. So when you watch what you put in, what comes out, is that more impactful? So that was what it took for me. It took for me to do a full detox of my system, my mind, body, and soul, Mm. and to eradicate those things in my life that were holding me back. Okay. And those fears, I just I had to let it all go. Clarity is a motherfucker, right? Because like when it when it comes, it's 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 a humbling moment, but at the same time, it's kind of scary because it's like very yeah, because it's like every like I shit, I spent most of my twenties not being clear on like what exactly I wanted to do in my life, and to find something I'm so passionate about now, like going into my thirties, it was like scary. And you know, for a second, there, I'm like, damn, did I really waste that much time? And it's like, no, because that what I went through in during that time got me prepared for what I'm going to do now. And that's part of the clarity that comes. Yeah, yeah. it definitely holds you. So you got to go through the struggle to enjoy the success. There you go. Principle three, think it, feel it and believe it. Let, let me say that again, because I think people I may, that may have went over some people's heads. Think it, feel it and believe it. What do you think about principle three? Man. It's the truth. Oh, it's so the truth. The power of the mind is such a beautiful thing. You can't just, you can't just say, I want to make Mm $50,000. Okay. You have to feel it. You have to feel the money already in the bank. You got to pretty much feel what you're spending it on. You have to walk in that and know that it's yours. You have to claim it. Yeah. So get anything. You got to own it. You want it? Own it. When did you first claim it with first, like your whole thing of being able to host events and put, the, the 90s event by the way everybody missed out on that one oh um, <laughs> but but when did when when did you like to know to go from being a performer to doing poetry to all that to saying no i'm going to put on these events and they're going to be amazing when did that come to your mind you know what's funny when it came to me i just realized today when it came to me talking to another artist um i was a lift driver and as I was driving Lyft, I, this girl gets in my car and she just, she's like, I'm a rapper. I'm like, oh yeah. So, you know, what? I want to have my own spot one day where I just, I help out the creatives. Like I want us to have that platform. Mm-hmm. 
And she starts rapping and we both just start speaking our dreams and our goals and, and what we want to accomplish. And I looked, that was probably about a year ago mm. and I had to stop. And I'm like, wait a minute, literally a year ago, I said, I wanted this. And now look where we are. Everything fell in place for me. Cause I had to believe it. Wow. And I didn't know that it, that it was that quick a year. Really? Yeah. You, you out here Within, moving. Out here I, moving. I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, I am who I am, so I speak it, I own it, I claim it. It's mine. There you go, there you go. All right, cool. Um, I got you. You you gave everything on principle three, so I ain't got nothing to add to that. We're gonna go on to principle four. <laughs> principle four. It's chill. The next step is crucial to manifesting pro- the manifestation process. In order to truly manifest your desires into form, you gotta chill the hell out. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you got to take the anxiety out of it. Um, you, you just got to stay calm. You got to watch the energy that you're putting out there. So definitely stay chill. And you are definitely the most chill person I know, probably besides me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come to First Amendment and vibe with me and see how chill I am, though. Oh, that's happening. Yes. That's happening. Um, yes. <laughs> principle five, the last one, simple one. Know the universe has your back. What do you think about that? That's the most amazing thing. And I, I literally had it happen for me yesterday where I just like, damn, I was sitting here freaking out and I just had to know, you know what? Universe got me. It doesn't matter. I'm good. I'm covered. When you do good, you receive good. So. Mm. Okay. When you do good, you receive good. That's what's up. And it's, it's funny because like we just went through these principles, right? And the word manifestation or manifest in general, I've always known what it, what it meant. I've never really meditated on it until Somebody came into my life and talked about the power of manifestation. And now it's been popping up all over the place. Like I'm going to be at the Manifest Festival. Um, it's 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 just crazy how like everything comes in. Huh? Where is that again? Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so it's just funny how that all worked out. So like when going into 2020, like this, the, we're going to talk about 2020 vision here in a second. But like. The power of manifestation. When did you realize, A, your power to be able to manifest and really appreciate the power of manifestation? Because now you speak it and it, and it kind of awakens it in other people. So, like, how did you get that? In, how did you get that in you first? How I got it in me, it was always there. I just had to learn how to harness it. Okay. I learned that maybe a year and a half ago mm. from reading one book. I literally read The Magic by Rhonda Bryan, is it? The lady, the same author of The Secret. Okay. I read that book and it was like, yo, I started, it's a 28 day process within, I did everything in that book. And I, I tell you, I literally pick up this book every few months and do it over again because the power of the mind, man, it just, it blows me away. So reading that book is what taught me how to find like, fine tune my gift. Okay. When you, when it's all said and done, like you, you, you're a healer. You do manifest like you're a poet, but what is your, would you say that your gift is being able to touch people? It's being able to heal people. Okay. It, it absolutely is. But that that's such a, a broad spectrum. There's so many different ways that I, I do heal. I use crystals. I use music. Um, whenever anyone comes into any event I host, I'm subconsciously healing them and they don't even know it. Hmm. So there's so many ways to heal people and just being there and providing that energy and sending that mutual energy exchange that 
That in in its own is a gift. So I guess to understand my healing powers, you kind of got to experience it for yourself. All right. That sounds like an invitation. So I'm going to go ahead. and. (laughs) 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 So coming out of the manifestation and the principles of manifestation, um, do you have anything left on that that you want to that you want to talk about as far as manifestation before we move on? Mm, I think we got that. Got it. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Let's get into 2020 vision. And this is not because I want to preface this. A lot of people are using the phrase 2020 vision as a way to kind of say, like, just because it's 2020, everything's clear to them. That's some bullshit. That's not what we're saying. It's more than that. But when we get into your 2020 vision, what are the goals that you set for you for yourself in 2020? Oh, one thing I had to learn is I have to protect some of my goals. So I won't tell you all of them. That makes sense. Mm hmm. But I will say um, prosperity is my biggest one. Uh, I'm trying to leave generational wealth for my children. So take seven incomes to a million, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm working on five. So <laughs> I get there. Um, that, that's my, it's just the, right now I'm laying my foundation. Okay. 2020 is all foundation building. So cool. that's my biggest for 2020. All right, foundation. Um what okay what is the next biggest thing that you're working on that kind of because for me like anything that i work on i feel like i should be a little bit afraid of it right because if i don't Mm -hmm. if i don't have that feeling of in my stomach that i'm a little scared i feel like it's not right for me like do you have that in you as well what it does for me i don't allow fear i have to come from a place of envisioning whatever i do to be successful so Whatever you think because of the power of the mind is what you're going to receive. So I have to manifest and visualize success. Mm. And that's honestly how everything ends up working for me. I can't have that doubt. I have to eradicate any fear going into anything or any negativity. So, yeah, I get that. But it's on the other spectrum. It's like, uh uh-uh, I got to have anxiety. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, this is going to be so dope. I don't want to set myself up to be disappointed but it's like at the same time i have to find that that common ground i'm like no you have to know it you have to feel it you have to claim it that this is going to be great so my next biggest thing which i'm so excited about that i'm really antsy about is the pisces bash for my birthday (laughs) okay that's my next biggest project so you're gonna get like a bunch of pisces to get that's scary that's scary Come on now. Let's just be real. Are you are we really gonna do this? We are extremely deep and creative individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and what else? Um, beautiful, expressive, mm-hmm. and hmm. passionate, and and passion. Very. Passion usually passion can lead to some craziness. No, passion leads to sexiness. What do you mean? Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah, different definitions of crazy. <laughs> My definition of crazy is a Gemini's and Pisces. Oh, you went there. My mother's a Gemini, by the way. So what was that you said? Oh, man. Pisces raised by a Gemini. So what was that you said? So crazy dipped in crazy. I feel it. Oh, okay. Meat mouth. Okay, flip meat mouth. 
stop. I know. I know. It's a perfect setup. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. I'm sorry. I needed okay. that laugh. That was yeah. deep. I, I needed that. All right. So this is the part where I get scared, right? Because I've, I've, I've only done this twice. Else before. Yeah, two other times. Well, you have the floor to ask me anything you want. Anything I want, huh? Yeah. You really want me to do that? It's on the list. It is on, <laughs> it's on, the, it's list. on the list. I can't renege. Right. You can't be a renege. You can't. You can't. You already gave it to me. All right. So what I want to know, I want to know if you could have a dinner with any person, living or dead, who would it be and why? Hmm. Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Just one person? No, it's a whole formal dinner. Who's going to be at your dinner? dinner? So my dinner party would be Spike Lee, um, Malcolm X, hmm. J. Cole, okay. um, Madam C.J. Walker, okay. and Barack Obama. I like that. Yeah. I like that. What's on y'all's menu, though? I don't, I don't know what's on the menu, but I know the world ain't going to be the same after I get all these people in the same room. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I like that. All right, but I got something else, too. Okay. Is it my understanding that you used to do poetry? Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. You should have known that was coming. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. I'll say I'll ease you into it. Because this is like a three-part question. Oh, no. no. So, first of all, <laughs> you ready? No. <laughs> Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. I see. Uh-huh. So first and foremost, since you've read, you've known a lot of my poetry, mm-hmm. what is your favorite poem that I've written? Oh, by far submission. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> why submission? Because uh, honestly, how do I, how do I want to wear this? When you read it, like even if someone's never heard your voice or or have heard you do the poem before, I think the power in that poem comes through in, j- in just the text. And that's very rare um for it to be so strong like you can read a piece of of anything and you get a tone from it like if if they're a good writer you get a tone from it but to feel the power from something reading it and when you walk away it it resonates with you like after i read submission the first time no kidding it it stayed with me for about two days like constantly and i'm like wait let me go back let me go back i need to read this part again (laughs) so yeah definitely submission (laughs) which part was that I, we'll talk about that offer. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that that really makes me feel good because I definitely try to make everybody feel something and everything. All right, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm really the, interested in what part that was. And you're a lyricist too, so I am. I am. I got a little bit of something. <laughs> I just like to write. So, in that aspect, what is <laughs> your favorite poem that you wrote? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's I'm not reciting it. So if you're gonna ask the next, it's not happening. I'm just letting you know it's not happening. There's nothing you can do to get me to to do that on air. But it's called off air. Though it's called conflicted. I'm leaving okay. it. Okay. And I wrote it when okay. I was 22, I think. So what were you going through at the time when you wrote it? Um, it was uh. I was a father, a young father, uh, but it was also one of the times where I was going through um, like a job. So I had been at the same job forever. Right. Like literally mm-hmm. from the first job out of high school until I left it. 
And I wrote it in the sense of I felt like I was finally transitioning from boyhood to like true manhood in that sense. And it was about me being conflicted about everything that I am leaving behind and the people because I went through a period where I cut a lot a lot of people off because everyone can't go with you, which has been my biggest lesson. Um, And so it was about my feelings of having to leave people that I legit love, but I have to let them go. I like that. I like that a lot. Hmm. Okay. Cause yeah, I want to hear this off air now. I think you owe me that much after that whole Gemini Pisces thing. 2023, I think is when I'll be able to do that. It's like, it's like the Disney vault. I can only take that out the vault every so often. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, not happening. Not happening. Okay. So I got one last question for you. I guess we're going to have to make this happen because I'm going to manifest this too now. Um, if you could write a piece with me, would you? Absolutely. What would you call it? I don't know. Depends on it, it's going to have to take a life of its own, right? Cuz I don't I wouldn't go in like even if we were to say we're going to start tomorrow, if I try to think about it now, the energy would completely change when we're in the process of creating. So I wouldn't I, I won't I won't be able to know. When do you name your pieces? Is it before, during or after? Um I haven't done it in, like, I literally haven't wrote anything in probably, like, eight years. So, forgive me. Not, no, it's not been mm-hmm. that long. Probably, like, six. But um, some I do before. If I'm if I'm trying to do a concept, I'll write the concept down, and then I'll make it fit that. But most are during. Like, most are during, like, it it starts taking a life of its own around, like, the middle of it. Like, when you, when you start feeling yourself get towards the end, that's when you can start seeing what it's going to be, and it's easier to name there. For me, what about you? Do you do you do name yours after, before, or during? It depends. Um, <laughs> submission I didn't do until the end because I literally just started writing and it, it was just coming to me and I'm like, where is this gonna go? And then it just took on a life of its own and I named it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, and touch me. So with touch me, that was self-explanatory. But um, <laughs> even writing. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that <laughs> even writing touch me which of course was um inspired by um beloved <laughs> um writing that one i don't think i named that until it named itself actually okay. so most pieces name themselves around the middle to the end when you see where it's going because everything i write starts out one way and then it ends something else it's like oh i didn't see that coming What's what's been your biggest inspiration in the last year? In the last year, um, it would probably be just my spiritual journey. Okay. Um, knowing what I pulled myself out of. Um, the last twenty nineteen was rough. Mm. Oh, it was nasty. But when I to see how low I got. And then to like six months later to look at how far I had come and how far I picked myself up. It was like, yo, I really did that. It's like I really pulled myself out of some serious darkness. So I think that just the journey, um, there are some things I wish I could have spared myself from. But looking at who I've become now because of it, I wouldn't change a thing. So that, that's been my biggest inspiration, just where I'm going and where I've come from. That's deep. Now, you said 2019 was rough, but this also been the year of you growing into a event coordinator and host and everything. 
So like, mm-hmm. what was it like having your your highest ups and your lowest downs all in the same year? It was spiritually enlightening. Okay. It really was because the first half of the year was like, yo, but then I, I used the power of my mind and I said, I, I can't go through this anymore. I've got to make a change and to really take that journey to myself and find myself in the process. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, it. I can't take anything away from 2019. It owes me nothing, but I, I'm very proud of where I, where I came from. That's deep. All right. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> anything left you got, you want to share with the listeners? We're, we're wrapping up, but anything you got left on your mind, your spirit, your heart, anything? Uh, yeah, but not on air. Cause I, I want to hear all the, this stuff that you're keeping from me. So I think that that's all I got to tell the people. You know what? I'm not telling you shit. Um, <laughs> I'm a healer. I'm gonna get it one way or another. You might tell me, and I even know you're telling me. Deep. We're gonna. Mm-hmm. We, you're getting too deep on this one. We're gonna. We're gonna. Uh, so this is your first one. Are you coming back? You gonna come back? Absolutely. Are you gonna have me back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. For sure. This is first of, first of many collaborations, as your uh, your supporters have made sure is going to happen. Oh yeah, they don't play by Lady Ray. <laughs> they don't play. Yeah, especially one I can't. Uh, I I can't remember the full username, but I know like Taylor's in it or what. Like, it's, that's my girl. She, Absolutely she don't, love her. She don't play about Ray at all. At all. None. None of fam does. So I have a very very loving and supportive fam. We um that that's just how we roll. We got each other. We hold each other down. There you go. Tell the people where they can follow you, find you, all that good stuff. I am on Instagram at Poetry in Potions Pisces 314 because I love alliteration. <laughs> and um, find me on Facebook at Laray, L-A-R-A-E, Bettis, B-E-T-T-I-S. All right. And no Twitter? We got to get you on Twitter. Why aren't you on Twitter? Why people, I, I don't get why some people are just really opposed to Twitter. Like, I don't um, uh, there's something about the whole aspect of just following people. Nah, I'm a leader, not a follower. Can't do it. Well, Negative there you connotation. Go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Listeners, you already Together. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Oh, man. You guys know where you can follow me at. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H A I Z E. You can follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul Pod. And lastly, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, The Awakened Soul Pod at gmail.com. I'm a professional. Did you know? You see how just, that just all came out? Can you tell I do this a lot? <laughs> I will catch you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace. Let's do some real shit. Some for real shit. Hello. Girl, you looking like the 90s knee along A product of your mom The girl in high school that every guy was sleeping on I love how you design Almond-shaped eyes All Aaliyah in the face But you shot it with the vibe Girl, you look how Lamborghinis drive If a woman tried to get with you I wouldn't be surprised, nah Not even a little bit In the era of double-tapping And lying in their captions we don't need all them distractions All these Instagram pages I'm glad that you ain't famous Girl, goddamn you underrated If I wrote you a love letter I would need a hundred pages Fifty to thank your exes and niggas that didn't make it Boys who had a shot but missed or didn't take it Goddamn you underrated